Alright, welcome to Ask a Mountain Bike Professional Podcast. Today we have uh, Aaron and Jonas with us. Say hi. Hello. Hey there. Um, and Dave. I'm, I'm here with you as well again. Today, the question that is the impetus for Ask a Mountain Bike Professional is... Lots of people have been asking us about the new lightweight e-bikes that are coming down the pipeline. Jo- Jonas and I, we went on a, a bike trip. We talked about that last podcast, and this one kind of nailed all the things. It was, for me, great, because it was just the two of us. <laughs> we flew into Phoenix and went to Pivot Cycles, and they are one of the companies out there that has one of these... Uh, ultra lightweight e-bikes that is actually already shipping if you're so lucky to have pre-ordered one at least yeah yeah tough to get but let me just put in the plug for another great idea for bike trips even though that was last time um lots of mountain bike companies out there now have demo centers in addition to demo fleets Mm -hmm. so this was a super cool bike trip because we flew into phoenix went to pivot we signed up beforehand, um, super easy to do. They've got website for factory demo sign up, and you just create an account, log in, say what bike you want for what time, and they're 1.2 miles away from South Mountain, which is a really cool, challenging, a little bit of everything, but mostly yeah. challenging desert raw riding. So mm-hmm. I've ridden there a few times. Aaron's ridden there a few times. It was Jonas's first time. What did you think of South Mountain? I really liked South Mountain. It was it was a challenge though, for sure. That kind of rugged stuff. But I do enjoy that kind of riding. Yeah, it was it was fun. But it, but back to the bike trip idea real quick before we jump into this. Great way to do a bike trip if you're going to you know Phoenix. You can demo pivot bikes sign up beforehand you don't have to bring your own bike just bring your helmet and yeah uh riding gear yeah riding gear that you might want and you can as long as you sign up ahead of time you show up at their place they set it all up for you you take off into the desert one mile away which doesn't take long unless you miss the turn off <laughs> you did that i, I didn't that's true i missed the turn off <laughs> i thought it was a golf course pima park confused me because i rode it last time in the dark and with a bunch of really awesome riders so i was just totally paying attention to what we were doing and didn't notice how we got there so anyway jonas and i rode past but it wasn't hard to find there's bike lanes pretty much the whole way there and then you have access to a ton of stuff for our trip we signed up for morning ride on the shuttle sl which is one of the new super lightweight bikes with the fazua motor on it and then we rode the new shuttle lt their long travel with the the latest shimano ep series motor on it yeah the ep8 and then we and jonas didn't go back the next morning i went back the next morning by myself and rode the shuttle sl again so we i did back to back to back and he did back to back between those so that we can compare and contrast and kind of talk about it we got aaron here because he uh, this is how we set this up on purpose. Jonas and I did the experience, and Aaron has read all there is to read about these. 
has not ridden either of these bikes yet, but he's ridden a yeah. ton of e-bikes in general. Mm-hmm. But he'll, we're actually going to lean on him for the technical stuff because on purpose, I didn't read up or look at any of the technical stuff on these bikes beforehand. Just wanted the raw experience, and then we'll lean on him for <clears throat> the numbers and specs and all that stuff. So the question, if we get back to it, was what is the skinny on all these new ultra lightweight mountain bikes that are coming out. So, so Aaron, first of all, give us a little bit of history on this trend towards lightweight e-bikes. Like who's been doing it, how have they been doing it, um, and then what makes this new system that everybody's raving about, the Fazua motor and other ones that are similar, so different? Specialized was the first, well, at least in America, the first mainstream company to come out with a lightweight bike. They had a detuned uh, version of their motor, um, less battery, or actually, I think they even had a completely different motor. I forget what it was, but it's only 35 newton meters of torque compared to a lot of the full size, um, like Bosch and uh, Bros and. Uh, Yamaha Shimano motors, they're all right about 85 newton meters of torque. So 35 compared to 85 is a noticeable difference. Really, the the biggest thing dropping weight is losing battery. Because batteries take up a lot of the the weight and the the space and so you're able to do a a slimmer bike that fills and rides more like a a regular bike really with less battery and so yeah the the levo sl i believe was uh the the first kind of mainstream one there have been a another uh or a, a number of different companies that have done uh options now or Bea, they had a, a good option which theirs was super interesting because they cut the power um, from the Shimano EPA motor yeah it just really was lighter weight components because they didn't have as much power going into the the drive train and the rear hub so they were able to run standard uh, bike parts which helped to to reduce weight and then yeah smaller battery again and do you know how much like uh just off the top of your head we're not gonna hold you to it like what what are we talking about when you do a specialized levo sl like their super light version of the evo what what weight are you falling into on that roughly yeah so um all of these bikes their real goal is um sub 40 like that's really a, a differentiating number, and that's kind of where they they landed. They're mm-hmm. still upper thirties. <clears throat> yeah, like yeah. Generally, generally speaking, those, I guess, uh, detuned normal uh, mid-drive e-bike systems with a smaller battery are still upper forties. Thirties. Oh, sorry, 30s, sorry. Yeah. Upper thirties. <clears throat> yeah, where yeah. their full-powered counterparts are. 50s yeah 60 so right around 50 for high end performance oriented uh, e-bike right right there at that 50 pound mark is where all of them want to be you'll you'll see some like 53 uh, some 48 and so but yeah right there close to the 50 pound range okay so just as a little bit of pretext because once again you're really in on you for this 
the two bikes we're talking about today would, would be the Fazua-based Shuttle SL. Explain the big difference between that and a standard mid-drive e-bike system. With the Fazua. Um, oh, man, you say it better than me. Fazua. That's <laughs> yeah, it's sounds, German. And, sounds way fancier. Yeah. Fazua. Um, over here in Murica. Merck. You're going to hear most people call it Fazua. Yeah. But if you want to be more precise and correct, Aaron just did it way better than I did. Fazua. If, if, if you talk to the right people, you'll uh, hear them say Fazua. <laughs> kind of like here in uh, northern Utah, there's a race called Lodoja. Oh, yeah. Logan to Jackson. And uh, you can tell where people are from based off or how much experience and where they're from based off of how they pronounce it there's uh latoja that's all of us uh from um logan that's how we pronounce it everywhere else it's lodoja and some will say lodoja anyway anyway that's a road bike race we don't care about it. we back don't even to, care back to what we're we're actually concerned about yeah Fatsua. Um, what makes them different what makes them better or potentially worse what what has the press been saying since you haven't ridden one yeah they are not without their issues but everything that i've heard the issues have been software based none of it has been hardware based but the the and big jo- jonas and i will actually talk a little bit about that because we talked to the people at pivot about that but anyway okay. keep going they've got the the ride 50 they've had for a long time and they put them in a lot of uh road bikes uh electric road bikes and trek had had it in uh their oh i forget what their their i want to say superfly but that that's old school but anyway their cross country uh super caliber that's what it is their e super caliber or e caliber what's cool about that system uh well the all of the Fatsua systems is you can remove the battery and you don't feel any drag from the motor itself. That's claimed. Oh. No, just kidding. <laughs> that, that's what everybody's saying is the, is the hope for this, right? Yeah. And it's, I guess you guys couldn't experience... Well, you, you no. probably pedaled it with the um, battery turned off. We did. We did a bunch. We'll, we'll talk about that a little yeah. more, but just real finish the overview of what makes it kind of unique. Like it's, is it still a mid drive system? Yeah. Still or a mid drive in the frame. How does yeah. still mid drive. And what's really cool about it, in my opinion, is it's encased inside of the frame. If you do need a, the bottom bracket change, you do have to remove it and send it off still, but having it encased in the frame protects it even more and um, makes it look a lot sleeker and it's easier to forget that you're on a bike with a motor. And and the big claim is too that, like Aaron was saying, when you turn it off or you remove that, that it's the same amount of drag that you'd feel from a normal bottom bracket is their claim. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Uh, so obviously, I mean, we're not going to go into the huge details on the Shimano EP8 system. It's just the latest iteration of a long line of Shimano's e-drive bikes. It is considered one of the better systems. In my personal opinion, I, I, I think it's great. The main issues it has are the noise and the fact that uh, unless you spend a bunch of time tuning it in the app, 
it still can sometimes feel herky jerky mm-hmm. when you're putting power into the system just a little. I mean, it's gotten way better over the years. Mm-hmm. I don't want to dog on it too much, um, but it has a lot of power. So the numbers again, uh, the Fatzua system is about 65 newton meters of torque. I think torque. it's supposed to be 60 okay, newton meters. Okay, 60, 60 newton meters of torque and the claimed output of the Shimano system is what? 85. So we're talking a substantial difference, 25 newton meters of torque. Yeah, you'll still feel that for sure. But not as big as those detuned bikes. Yeah, yeah, still more power than those. a lot of those other bikes. What are you hearing in the shop just from people bringing in bikes to you as far as like the detuned bikes go compared to normal e-bikes? What's been the feedback? Everyone that I've heard from, they've all liked it when they're out riding alone. The problem is it's too much power to ride with people who have uh, regular bikes, non-motorized, uh, non-motorized e-bike. Is that what we're calling regular bikes now? Yeah, I mean, some people get so mad when you call <laughs> yeah. it an analog or an yeah. acoustic bike, but, what, but whatever to differentiate it. A standard bike. Um, so it's too much power to ride with people without power and it's not enough power to ride with people that have power and i think that a big part of that is the the software tuning because if it were much smoother power delivery you'd be able to ride with people on regular bikes without any problem there's nothing you can do to boost the power to ride with people on regular full power e-bikes but uh, just ask them to turn down their power which there are a lot of people um, that I'm hearing from that they want full boost all the time. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's that crowd that's trying to ride with somebody else. And so they're trying to equal things out by riding an e-bike with a non a motorized bike, like a standard mountain bike. But by and large now, I feel like you're getting in groups with everybody's on an e-bike or everybody's mm-hmm. not. And some of these guys, and I'll admit it's tons of fun to be on a full power e-bike and average 12 to 15 miles an hour on the uphill. Mm-hmm. That's so fun. Although there's issues with that as well, but that's a ton of fun. Okay, so, so we kind of talked about the technical differences here between these two bikes. So let's get into the experience. So Jonas and I showed up. We grabbed uh, the shuttle SL for the first day, headed off. I, I don't know what you were doing, but I was uh, messing with the different modes. has a super cool remote. I love the remote on the Futsuo system. It's, it reminds me of the original uh, Rocky Mountain Power Play system, where it's just up and down oh, yeah. and no like screen or anything. I love mm-hmm. it. And this one's actually like a ring system, so you flick it up and down to change mm-hmm. and hold it to the right to put it in walk mode or hold it down or something and hold it up to, to, the to right. kick it the boost. So right was walk, walk mode. mode. And then if you hold it up, it puts you in a 12 to 5, so 5 second boost if you're going from 0, and then a 12 second boost if you're going from just riding normally, is what yeah, they said. Yeah, and I, I don't know, I heard two different numbers on that. The first uh-huh. guy told me like up to 17 seconds, and uh-huh. if you were riding, and yeah, they said 5 to 7 seconds from a standstill for that boost mode, but... Anyways, we jumped on, and on the road, I was flipping through all the different modes, and quite frankly, 
I couldn't tell that big of a difference between the modes on the road. But, I mean, it's a lightweight. It's a, it feels like a normal bike, weight-wise. And it, oh, to get to its weight, we talked about the other ones. What's weight on the Shuttle SL? I don't know. Uh, we were riding their top <clears throat> spec, I think. I think they're 36, 37 pound. The ones with, like, rideable components, uh, four-piston brakes, Fox 36, uh, um, Floatex, that one, yeah, I think is 36 pounds for the top spec model and, like, 37 for the the middle option. Yeah, so I, I don't, I should have paid more attention. I don't know exactly which one we were on. I think I, I had XTR brakes. Okay, yeah. So, do you remember if it had carbon wheels? Uh, I have pictures. I honestly tried to pay as little attention it, to all the details as I could. It probably was the the top of the regular, or of the real bikes. Yeah, but, but to me it felt, I mean, on the road pedaling it over there, I already forgot I was on an e-bike. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'd flipped it on and off several times, and unless I was going uphill on the road... I couldn't have told you because because yeah. they're such. I mean, it, it it felt like a switchblade to me. That's <clears throat> that's the what it felt like. What are the three modes called? There's river. Oh yeah. Wind, river, and then rock. No breeze. Breeze, river, rocket. rocket. Breeze, right. river, rocket. Yeah. yeah. So that's what they they call their three <laughs> different modes. And as soon as we hit dirt, because uh, I know Jonas, you were telling me that you couldn't really tell the difference either uh-uh, riding no over road. no between the it's just modes. A bike. But as soon as we hit dirt, we pedaled up Pima Canyon Wall Wash or something. To Mormon, right? Up to Mormon Trail, yeah. yeah. And it's yeah. Once we're on dirt, you can totally tell a difference. For sure. And and you've ridden not as many e-bikes as I have, and you don't really care about technical specs that much yet <laughs> at your age. But what stood out for you upon hitting the dirt on that bike? Just going uphill, especially especially with all the gnarly stuff. I could move the bike a whole lot more than I can with the heavier, is it called the LT? Long transmission, whatever. Long travel. <laughs> Long, Long transmission. travel. <laughs> Long travel. I try. But yeah, I don't know. I could, I can almost like throw it around more, a little more. I don't know if this is going to make much sense, but <laughs> and it might as well say it. Um, <laughs> weight to assist ratio. I don't, I don't know, but it felt kind of similar to me on both of them. Because the the heavier one is obviously way heavier, but has more power. But with the SL, I could, I don't know, I liked it a lot better because I could move it around more and it still had the assist that I liked and it did help quite a bit. So the morning before we headed down, I rode a shuttle AM, which is their all mountain the original the original shuttle or yeah. original most current version but we just totally tweaked it out it we put a fat bike fork <laughs> on it and lengthened that out to 100 and whatever i think it, 145 whatever it would possibly do the maximum that it would do and so i went and rode that on a fat bike trail right before we left and we put 27.5 wheel on the back so we could fit the maximum amount of rubber back there. Mm-hmm. So I was coming from that the day before, but in snow, which is a different animal, and then jumped on the SL. And like I said, didn't didn't really immediately, like mind wasn't blown with the power on the road, but, but it was fine. <clears throat> then we hit the trail 
and climbing up Mormon, which is pretty technical, and then climbing up the rest of National, almost up to the parking lot was, I mean, I, I would call it safely super technical. Yeah. It was, it was amazing. Like, it was enough. I felt like it was awesome. Obviously, we were on the same bike, so we weren't leaving each other in the dust or anything. But it was, it was really, really impressive and had enough power with my fresh legs. It was, it was a really cool experience. And I, felt, I didn't feel like I ever was underpowered on the climbs. Uh-uh. I didn't feel like I was overpowered either to where, <laughs> like, you feel like on sometimes on a, on a full-size e-bike or a full-powered e-bike, sometimes you feel overpowered. Because, I felt that on the LT. Because you're brapping through stuff or, or, mm-hmm. or you have to motobrake on your way up. I didn't really motobrake hardly at all on the, on the SL. I don't know, just... Kind of, it was that ultimate feel like your superhuman experience yeah. going up. Just felt like a, like a really good day on the bike. Yeah, like a, yeah, yeah. like an incredibly good day on the bike. That being said, I would say if I didn't then ride the LT, I think my mind would have been blown by the SL, um, and I think the experience would have been like, oh my gosh. Even if I would have waited a day, maybe a full day in between, I still think it probably would have been been a mind-blowing experience to ride that that SL with the new Futsua motor and everything because it was so like a normal bike and I did kill power a number of times and I didn't notice any drag on that first day did you I didn't either like going downhill or uphill or anything no Um, and I did well and some of the things if I pay extra attention to something that I've been told and sometimes I can find it but I wasn't told before and I didn't know that that was even a thing so I didn't really feel anything yeah at all and you got kind of sandy a couple times coming down you'd never ridden national before (laughs) so you found some of the three foot drops accidentally i did and uh (laughs) i kind of thought you were gonna die on one that i was behind you on i remember that i mean that was that was cool because you haven't ridden a lot of e-bikes it just felt like a normal bike oh yeah no just shifted your weight and threw that front end off that going going a little bit too slow for that big (laughs) of a drop and you're okay right yeah yep pretty much in, anything that, that stood out to you going up or descending about the shuttle SL? Going down, it just feels like a bike. It just feels like a bike, but you can... Uh, I really like going fast, and so sometimes I get frustrated on a normal bike when I have to slow down for a turn or something. And what was really handy about the SL is after that, I can just I can get going way fast again, super quickly. Mm. Yeah. So did you find you left it in rocket, even coming down? Oh, yeah. Or? Uh-huh. Yeah. I, and I was on river most of the way up. But on the way down, I actually stayed in Rocket most of the time. Yeah. It seems like we did, I don't know, upper teens, like 17 or 18 miles on that first ride on the SL. And I knocked out two bubbles of battery because it just has the five bubbles. Yeah. <clears throat> I just did one. That whole, whole ride? The whole ride I did one. <laughs> and I guess that works when you weigh a buck 10. I'm not a buck 10. <laughs> buck 15. I'm a buck 45. No, really, you weigh a buck forty-five. I'm buck like 45. two, probably two ten. After raiding my kids' Halloween, just kidding. I don't, <laughs> I don't eat Halloween, really. but no, I'm probably I'm probably about between two hundred five and two ten. So I used two bubbles on about eighteen miles. You used one, one. really? One all the way it. back to the all place? the way back to the place. That seems crazy to me because that was <laughs> I did have more range anxiety on this bike than I would on a normal one. Because and it was a smaller battery. I knew it was a smaller battery. I mean, without <clears throat> knowing the specifications, and I kept dropping it to river, 
Um, I hung out in River like the whole time up. Oh, yeah. So, I, and I yeah, jumped I back know. and forth, but I kept dropping it to, back to River because I was nervous about it. So back to what I was saying, if I wouldn't have ridden them back to back, I think it all in all would have been a mind-blowing experience. But we went and grabbed lunch after doing 18 miles. Uh, Jonas, at, like a teenager can, put away, I don't know how many cheesy pretzel bites and a huge bacon <laughs> burger and I don't know what A bunch else. of fries. A bunch of fries. <laughs> <laughs> three sprites like three of those large cups yeah he he did his best to put red robin out of business and based off of their endless drink and endless fries <laughs> yeah their endless sides i ate a lot of steamed broccoli we had like three of those little cut things <laughs> I, I know it's embarrassing no then we then we ran back over there like right back over there didn't go anywhere else <laughs> yeah we cruised straight back over, grabbed the shuttle LT, got set up, went back, and we're planning on doing the exact same ride, but we were brapping so hard that we missed the turnoff for Mormon and rode up a whole bunch of national before oh, yeah. we caught on. Remind us the numbers again, Aaron. Torque. Uh, 60 on the SL and 85 on the LT. You definitely feel that when you jump directly onto a full bike. Mm-hmm. But I would say it's probably not as big of a jump as you feel on going from one of those deep tuned or deep powered smaller battery yeah. bikes as you do um, going from a Futsua Ride 60 to a Shimano EP8. Mm-hmm. You don't you don't feel that big of a difference, but you immediately know the difference. And on the road on the LT flipping through the power levels, everybody knows this on the big. They're drastically different mm-hmm. on the road. Um, did you notice that on the road on that one? Yeah. Yeah, and obviously the weight of the bike, you feel that, but mm-hmm. but on the dirt, um, obviously we'd done 18 miles and we were on e-bikes, so we weren't smoked, but mm-hmm. it was still out in the desert sun and legs aren't quite as fresh. Here's the funny thing, we totally missed the turn to take Mormon up because we were flying. <laughs> we just pounded up. Yeah, we were, a bunch we, of national. we were just flying up national. Were you there in their boost mode or... Uh, oh, so actually, was, I stayed mostly in their trail so mode. So okay. eco, trail, and boost. But I, right? but I did use boost anytime there was an extended climb that I wanted to just power through. Uh, well, we can talk about this too. So on the Fitzua system, I felt like cadence was important. Mm-hmm. But I, uh, my opinion, uh, which could be way off, but it felt less important to get power out of it than it does with like an EP8. Because to me, the most important thing to maximize your e-bike motor is cadence, and, and it's a higher cadence. So if I want, if I'm a 60 pedals per minute sort of gal on a normal e-bike, I'm probably a 75 to 85 kind of gal on a on an e-bike. Because mm-hmm. you just get you get more maximum power output or maximum power efficiency <clears throat> in yeah. that cadence at a mm-hmm. higher cadence. So I also find myself just smashing up trails to maintain my cadence, mm-hmm. whether you want it or not. That was totally, that was, I totally felt that a lot yeah. most of the time. And that's what got me into a almost pretty sticky situation where <laughs> I fell down, almost fell down. Do you remember that big? It was on the place where there's a decent ledge off the side of the trail and there mm. was two big rocks and I was pounding up one of the steep sections on the side and I hit a rock and decided to push one more pedal out as I would on a normal bike, but it threw um, me up a bunch more mm-hmm. and I almost fell off the side. 
talking honestly about these two bikes, they're very different bikes. Yeah. Meaning the LT is like <laughs> a e-bike uh, Firebird. Mm-hmm. Bordering on e-bike Phoenix. Oh, really? Like, like it's it is just as burly and capable as the Firebird. Maybe more so because it maybe just feels more planted due to the weight. And yeah, that yeah. extra weight's gonna help initiate the travel, and so it's gonna stay more planted. Yeah, that that might be it. But the the uh, SL is is like between a four two nine trail and a. Uh, switchblade. I'd say it leans more towards in the switchblade as far as its trail manners go and the uh-huh. way it performs. But very different bikes. Mm-hmm. But just getting back to the drive system, yeah, the full bike, the full... <clears throat> and, and after riding the other one all morning, you start to pound up when you're climbing to go to the higher levels. You just wrap right up that nonsense. And that we, we got several miles into National before we went... Uh, this isn't National. This, 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 this is, is Mormon. Mormon. We were supposed to go up Mormon. So we turned around and cruised back down and then re- rode up Mormon. Mm-hmm. So we'd get the same experience, quote-unquote. Mm-hmm. Because we went back and forth between those two bikes, I noticed a huge difference. Yeah. If we wouldn't have, I think the SL would have totally blown my mind as far as an experience went. But because I got back on a full-powered e-bike, and dare I say the Shuttle LT, I've ridden in quite a few bikes with the EP8 motor in them. Mm-hmm. Or EP8, EP8000, or EP, I mean, yeah. the different iterations. Shimano yeah. motors. This is the best one I've ridden by a mile. Um, and it might have been, you know, the fact that they've done a good job tuning it to this bike, or they have a, a secret piece of technology called the beaver tail. <laughs> yeah. Can you explain the beaver tail? Did you see it? I did see the beaver tail. Doesn't it just make it so the motor doesn't... Make the most annoying loud sound in the universe? Yeah, mm-hmm. it's just a big, fat piece of rubber that wraps around the whole motor that they put inside the frame on the new LT that they didn't have on their previous ones. And it does quiet down a lot of that. Not all of it, but a lot of that Shimano. Like they like they said, some parts about the motor, they said they just can't fix it. Like, it's not fixable. Yeah. But it was, in my opinion, it was the absolute best Shimano-based e-bike that I've ridden. And it was, it was a ton of fun and insanely capable. We thought this would be easy to ride the same trails and do a good comparison, but it's tough because they're so different. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and I think if you were both on, <laughs> if everybody in your group was on SLs, you know, you'd have an awesome experience. If one of you was on an SL and the other one was on a full-powered bike, you'd, you'd leave them behind unless you were careful. Mm-hmm. But, a, but this, is, this does a closer job of keeping a really strong rider in the same neighborhood on, on a really strong rider on either a, a detuned whatever or a, like we were talking about earlier or like this Futzua motor on somebody on a full powered e-bike they could, I think they could keep up yeah don't you Jones yeah like we did hammer up the stuff faster on the LT that's because we decided to I we were I I remember telling you we should try to smash up this to just I just wanted to see yeah but I think if a really strong rider was on an SL if it's I mean, if the riding's technical at all, you, there's still a certain amount of speed you can have going up. Right. I think they could totally keep up with them. Mm-hmm. So that may be a great scenario for this bike. People buy their their significant other or whatever an e-bike and then try and ride their normal bike with it. That's mm-hmm. tough. Yeah. I mean, you've you've done it quite a bit with Nicole, who we have on here a lot. Who's a crazy strong rider. Yeah. So. Um, 
So, but you end up in eco mode most of the time. <laughs> no. What? I I actually she can drop me when I'm in eco mode. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Oh well, have your bike eco mode. We'll put it that way. Have your have your man. Have your bike. Yeah. I. That's on Rocky Mountains. Uh, e-bike which i feel like is very different than the other bikes because yeah i feel like uh, shimano power bikes they deliver torque um really quickly uh right off the line i feel like and then they leave you <clears throat> wanting more when you're in the middle of a sustained yep, climb yep, that's exactly yep that's how i feel also and i feel like uh specialized they've got a lot of uh low-end torque and so it's hard to slow down to non-powered riders paces but with the the rocky mountain um i do feel like the power is much easier to modulate and so i feel like even though that bike is you know i i think the one i'm i was on was a 55 maybe even 56 pound bike this is kind of a lower spec yeah an alloy bike with just a dior 12 speed cassette and it had uh, double down casing on the tires. Lots of things I could have done to lighten it up. That wasn't what I was all about on that bike. Yeah. <laughs> but still, like I, I found it really easy to uh, go her pace. In trail mode, or what? Are the, I don't know. Rocky the, calls it, but the uh, middle mode. Yeah, trail and trail plus, I think, and then super boost. Ludicrous. Or ludicrous, yeah. But but anyway, middle mode. Yeah. Yeah, the the second um, setting. Of four. Yeah, the second of four. And Bosch also has similar four settings. And I don't know, I, I, I rode a Bosch uh, <clears throat> a lot more than I thought I would during the pandemic. In my mind, I would say as far as just feeling like you're on a mountain bike, for me it was, it was Rocky, then probably Bosch, then Shimano, in my opinion. Yeah. But this latest uh, LT that I rode, it was I feel like it was every bit as good as the Bosch and and better than anyone I've ridden as far as feeling feeling not feeling like you're on a half assed motorcycle. Yeah. I still did moto brake on it, but we were smashing up stuff and so you kinda have to. But it it was it was an amazing capable bike and I I loved it. Like I would get rid of the the all mountain the shuttle all mountain in a heartbeat and moved to the lt because it was such a capable bike to smash up and down stuff um and i I know jonas liked the shuttle more the shuttle sl more even coming down yeah but i liked the lt more coming down Mm -hmm. because i use more of the travel and i'm I don't know, I'm probably less delicate than Jones <laughs> as far as pulling off stuff. I just kind of smashed through a lot of that stuff on National. And you've got a lot more experience on uh, full-size... On longer travel bikes mm-hmm. and full-size e-bikes, both. Yeah. Yep. yeah. So. so anyway, good good use case. I mean, this is super exciting for the bike industry. There's a lot of other guys coming out with these ultra-lightweight e-bikes. Some of them are going to have removable <clears throat> batteries, mm-hmm. and their claim is with the battery off, they're going to fall into the same weight as uh, within a pound or two yeah. of their uh, normal version of that bike. So a good example, that's transition. Yeah. And they're they're going to make it super easy to pull the battery out and then ride it as if it's a normal bike with a no drag. So back to that. Jonas, did you notice any drag at all ever 
on the SL? No. Did you on the LT when you turned it off? Because this is going to also show if you noticed this sort of thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or were you just having so much fun riding you didn't notice on either of them? It could have been a fair bit of that. But, I mean, the big difference was weight. And once again, I wasn't really told about drag, so I didn't really focus on it at all. And I only turned off the LT a couple times, and then I immediately turned it back on because it's really heavy. <laughs> yeah. So even if you didn't feel drag, you felt the, the hog of that weight. Yeah. And I, I'd agree with that. I felt These are brand new bikes, these LTs we were on. So were the SLs, so that was nice. Yeah. So, I mean, a huge thing with e-bikes, I feel like, is if you don't keep them lubed and well-maintained, you feel the drag almost immediately. Mm-hmm. Once again, this is the best Shimano system I've ridden as far as the best implementation of the Shimano system I've ridden. Mm-hmm. I didn't feel a lot of drag, but you still feel it when you turn it off. And I did that on purpose, turned it off and pedaled it, but it was less so than I've felt on other even pivot Shimano-based bikes. I felt mm-hmm. less drag. So we ta- we also talked to some dudes out on the mountain that had uh-huh. ridden both. Yep. And you remember what he said about the SL... He said it was inconsistent. Yeah. He said that he and had a hard time getting consistent power. Yeah. And then you talked something about cadence, and he said, yeah, but he felt drag between uh, trying to find his perfect little gap. Yeah. And he was leaning towards buying an LT. He'd been demoing them both the same days we were, yeah. this guy. But Jonas and I didn't notice that at all. Like, no weird power glitches on the, the Futzua system. The second day I went out, I did have one minute of that, where it was it was brief and it wasn't that jarring, but it just felt like it lost power, even though it stayed in the river mode or whatever. Uh-huh. Like I'd lost it, and then it came back. So I, I thought, maybe that's what he's talking about. We did grab guys at Pivot and said, hey, have you, have you had these issues? And they said, absolutely. We, I mean, they were totally up front. They said, we had a ton of issues Mm-hmm. After our produ- our pre-production bikes had no issues. Mm-hmm. We got these ones in. They were on a different firmware than what our pre-production bikes were. And we had all these weird issues, and it was super frustrating for us. Like, and and Chris Kokalis is a total perfectionist. Oh yeah. So insanely frustrating for him in that first batch. But but do you remember what she said about it? She said, "Yeah, we we basically got new firmware and." She said she hadn't taken it out before it was busted, right? Yeah, so she she never she no she's yeah she said she'd rode the pre-production ones and the ones that were fixed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right. Never the ones in the middle, but she said she'd heard that it was like they hated it. Yeah, like it was it happened so often that it wasn't enjoyable. Yeah, and that they fixed the firmware and then the same guys took them out after they fixed it and then they loved it. Yeah. And thought it was awesome. And that's kind of, our experience was great the whole way through. And that one little glitch, and that could have just been a weird whatever. Mm-hmm. On the second day, I, that day I rode less technical stuff. I rode like Havelina, and I think I still rode Mormon, and I rode Pima Canyon and a bunch of Desert Classic, which Desert Classic is like cross country, just go as fast as you can. Um, the only real concern is kitty litter, right? Jonas? Yep, pretty much. <laughs> Uh, where did you where did you crash on this trip? <laughs> That's the only place I crashed. <laughs> I was, was going a little too fast. Uh, Not desert, a little too fast. Desert classic desert green classic. trail. Super yeah. flat. I went through all that technical stuff and I was getting kinda tired. I turned at what I thought was a normal pace and then the trail just kinda 
really made a drastic change in where it was going. And so I swung hard without thinking before, slid out, and jumped off, and took like two steps before I had to just basically like roll out of it. <laughs> yeah, the, the, the kitty litter can be dangerous. Oh, as far as the issues being fixed, we really didn't see them. Oh, we had right. heard a lot about them. We'd, <clears throat> we'd listened to the press reviews that talked about it, and we hammered on those bikes pretty hard and didn't see them. That doesn't yeah. mean that they've completely fixed it. I don't know. But mm-hmm. but we did not run into those issues. I didn't know. Drag on those two bikes, I would say there was less drag on the Fitzua motor when it was turned off. Mm-hmm. So I'm super hopeful for... Uh, tell us a little bit about the transition bike, Aaron. What's it? <clears throat> so I believe in stock form it's 160-160, but you can bump up uh, rear travel to 170, and transition always says that you can reduce or increase travel on the fork by 10 millimeters without it negatively affecting the handling. But what will make it different from the shuttle? I mean, obviously oh. it's a bigger travel bike. It's yeah. But but what's its big what's the what's the story behind this and as far as mountain bike industry in general what are we going to start seeing with this new motor system yeah so what, lightweight motors and technology what uh, transitions goal is in producing their relay is they want it to be a one bike to do it all like very literally and so it's going to be you know, an all-mountain style bike, be able to take it to the bike park and um, ride the lifts, a great shuttle bike. But when you take it um, and are riding lifts and uh, getting a shuttle on it, you're able to remove the battery so that it, you know, drops at, what was it, like seven pounds? Uh, I don't know. I just know that they're claiming it'll weigh about what the uh, Sentinel weighed. When it came out, yeah. which was like a thirty-four pound bike or something, yeah. with the motor installed, I don't, I don't know the exact numbers again, but that was kind of the story that I remembered. So, the question for you, and I guess in general, is that people have been asking: Do you think this is going to be a future trend that we're going to see? Are we going to see more? Because everybody tried to make the Quiver Killer for years, right? Mm-hmm. Now, a lot of people own a, a normal bike and an e-bike. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is. Some of these that we're going to see coming out, especially with this new Fuzua 60 and others, I'm sure we'll copy or not copy, but we'll try to reach that same weight, zero drag level, um, minimalistic controls, all that stuff. Yeah. Or do, you, do you see that being a trend where they're going to try and have more of this quiver killer that isn't both an e-bike and a normal mountain bike? What do you think? I honestly don't think that we're going to see it be a trend. I think we're going to see a few companies transition. It makes perfect sense from those guys, just knowing uh, the way that they do things. I think that their uh, repeater e-bike, I think that it missed the mark. It's a very good bike uh, as far as um, uh, e-bikes go, but uh, it just didn't feel like what I expected uh, an e-bike from transition to be where this relay it's 100 percent what i would expect from them meaning what meaning that what do you what do you expect from transition e-bike i mean i don't want to dig down into one company but it is kind of this unique animal so far nobody else yeah has put out this story this is what we're shooting for a true quiver killer including e-bike yeah 
because I feel like just talking to them and uh, um, some of the marketing that they put out, I was surprised to see them have a full power e-bike, honestly. Yeah. Well, and, when we <clears throat> when we hung out with them a few years ago, they weren't like negative about it, mm-hmm. but there was pretty much zero interest. And this yeah. was only three years ago. Yeah. Yeah. Yep, exactly. And when they announced the relay, it, it was... I don't know, maybe a month, two months after they announced their uh, repeater um, full power bike. I'm like, this makes sense. The other one, I was completely taken off guard. Well, (laughs) the fact that they even had an option. Oh, uh, gotcha. Kind of uh, was shocking. The actual implementation of it when we got it into the shop, I wasn't like super impressed with it. It wasn't a bad bike by any means. But like I said, it just wasn't what I was expecting from Transition. It was it was an e-bike, you know? Yeah, so I'm going to take the tact. I think it might be I'm, it might be a trend. I think it, all, it may depend how well that bike does. I think that bike's going to kill it. I do. Yeah. I think I, it's going to kill it. And I think there will be a lot of other companies that go, oh, my gosh, this is a, we can do this. We can make a quiver killer bike that's also an e-bike. So back to Jonas, yeah. you've never owned an e-bike. You've been lucky enough to ride a few, quite a few of them, though. Like, mm-hmm. you've ridden the Rockies, and you've ridden a Shimano. And, in fact, one time I took you and a friend up to a, a bike. Oh, yeah. Uh, some jump trails that you have to pedal up. And normally, it's like two or three laps, and you're, you're done. done. You guys clocked in, what? 23, 24? Laps on this yeah. trail? And you, the only reason we quit, because you ran the batteries dead. Yeah. <laughs> it was all the way to, and I did two laps with it dead. Yeah. I mean. <laughs> yeah. So, so you saw the value in that. Mm-hmm. Excuse me, self-shuttling, basically. Basically. Obviously, you're a young fellow, but you've ridden a ton of bikes. Um, you've been way blessed beyond what anyone should be as far as what bikes and places and stuff they've been able to ride. Would you ride the SL as your only bike? Yeah. Why do you say yes so readily? Because, well, like I said, uh, I like to go fast, and it felt like a normal bike to me for the most part. Yeah, I, that could be super nice to, even even just on a downhill trail when you get slowed down a bunch, just to kind of crank it to get back up to that full speed. So just and o- self shuttling is nice too. So overall experience, you would take it. Aren't yeah. You? What about what about the LT, a full sized, full powered? Would you want that as your only bike? No. Why not? Cause, uh, it's I don't know. It's too heavy for me going downhill. You said it makes you feel more grounded. Like that's. That's cool for technical stuff with me, but I like to fly through stuff and kind of get yeah, well, there. I, I mean, I would still pick a, a, bit. a normal Firebird right. or, a, or a normal right. Phoenix. I'm not saying if you had a shuttle I, driver. Yeah, if I had a shuttle <laughs> driver, yeah, <laughs> for sure. Yeah. Um, if Gary was around, yeah. Gary the shuttle driver was around, I would take that in a heartbeat. But no, I, th- I think that right there, Aaron, I feel like that's super telling. Mm-hmm. That somebody who, who's a, you know, you're a good rider. Do you mm-hmm. think you could backflip that SL at Woodward? Probably. Do you think you like, could backflip an LT at Woodward? I'm not sure. <laughs> a lot of practice, maybe. <laughs> but I mean, just that feel of the bike being being so natural, but but offering all those benefits. I think I get. I'm gonna I'm gonna say it probably is a trend or will be a trend. I think we're gonna see quiver killer bikes with a removable battery, and you're gonna see guys trying to throw that on the Coyote shuttle to do the whole enchilada. <clears throat> 
let's say it doesn't have the battery in it. This is this is my only bike, <laughs> and I think you're going to see more of that. I mean, it, it'll yeah. be interesting to see where that runs into problems on the trail or not. But I I think it is going to be a trend. So let let me backpedal a little bit. Okay. Um, I think that the lightweight bike is absolutely the future. A sub forty pound e bike, one hundred percent. I I think that there may be other companies coming out with a removable battery, uh, and I, I think that well, there definitely will be um, a pretty good uh, trend right initially. But I honestly you don't think, know if it'll have staying power. Yeah, yeah. I I think that we're going to see more of these um, like Pivot Shuttle SL where they choose to drop two or three pounds by not having the battery removable, mm-hmm. and so. I, I think making that, the battery an integral part of the frame to give it strength and mm-hmm. stiffness. Yeah. And and therefore be able to build the bike lighter in general, battery included. Yeah. So I think that the lightweight bike is definitely um, lightweight e bike. Yeah, lightweight. Because in normal bikes, we've seen it go the other way. We saw it go really light, and then now we've seen them go back heavier the last couple of years to be mm-hmm. able to withstand the punishment people have oh, put them through. Yeah, trail bikes are. For high-end um, trail bikes, you're right at 30 pounds, where years ago, 30 pounds was like kind of the upper, upper limit. limit. Yeah. 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 But we're seeing a lot fewer broken frames and components oh, yeah. and stuff since they've gotten a little mm-hmm. heavier. Yeah, I, I, I see fewer um, catastrophic repairs, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully we answer that question a little bit. That's, And I think the next two or three years, we're going to see a lot of these. I mean, right now you got you have Trek. Yeah, that has one that's they're, getting they're great press. New Fuel EXE. Yeah. I've heard really great things yeah, about it. it. I don't know anything about the, the system that it's running on. Well, they, they had a bike that was running the Fatzua system, so I'm guessing it's either that with the... No, it's different. Oh, is it? Yeah, the the, the Fuel EXE is... Um, Completely its I, own animal. Yeah, it, it's not something that Trek developed. But I, it's I forget not like... The, spe- so it's like specialized where they took a bros motor and... No, it, it's a lot like... It. It's a lot like the Fatzua motor where it's all um, integrated. And, yeah, it looks like a mountain bike. It, you, yeah. you don't notice. Oh, I've seen the pictures. Of it. I haven't dug yeah. into it at all. Yeah, so it, it, it's um, a much smaller motor. I, I, I want to say that it was like 50 newton meter um, torque. Also, I know that it was lighter weight than the Fatzua 60, Ride 60. So it's a lighter system. weight system, but, but less power even. But getting yeah. great reviews, I kind of feel like if you're on an e-bike, you got to be at least over 50 mm-hmm. newton meters of torque. Um, and 60 was kind of sweet. Like, it was kind of a good sweet spot. Yeah. With uh, the SL? Yeah, with the SL. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think that we're going to um, see in very few years that system producing uh bigger yeah close to 80 i guess Mm -hmm. they'll hit it yeah and and especially as uh we're starting to see um some of the the battery technology with uh, micro mobility you know blowing up uh electric cars electric motorcycles we're gonna see pretty big advances in battery technology soon which will trickle down quickly to electric bikes yeah but but right now, like you've got the Trek, you've got the Shuttle SL, you have the coming transition uh, relay. Relay. You've got uh, LaPierre has one. That's that's also a Ride 60 system. Oh, is it? 
Yeah. Oh yeah, I did see that. It's like the E. Let me see. I think it's the E Zesty something something. Yeah. Knox has yeah. one. It's not like one you're gonna see wandering around the U.S. You got those few, but I think we're gonna see a lot more. What? I'm super excited to see how the transition does. I know I'm gonna put one on order as soon as humanly possible. Mm-hmm. And and give it a, a try, but. Uh, Anyway, hopefully that answers the question of what's up with these ultra lightweight e-bikes, where they fit, what do they do, and then just kind of capping it off. I, I do feel like there's going to be a lot of companies that go after that true quiver killer e-bike, non-e-bike, all-in-one package, whether it's an integrated battery that's light enough with no drag or removable battery to make it light enough. Yeah. I, um, with a big old swap box when the battery's out or whatever. Yeah. I mean... <laughs> Think of the possibilities. Uh, anyway, I, th- I thought this was kind of funny to end on. I mean, I told Jonas okay. to <laughs> pose with the shuttle SL on South Mountain. And you said I said, pick it up. No, no. I said, well, it was laying down. I said, pick it up. I said, just hold the bike. <laughs> and this is what we got. It was a picture of him holding the bike above his head. <laughs> so he wanted to show off how, how lightweight it was, which I thought was pretty funny. Um, that's not that what I was... No, just that's not what I was going for. But it was pretty funny that that's where his mind went immediately was, oh, yeah, pick it up. It is lightweight. And he held the thing above his head like a normal bike. But hopefully that answers that question. Uh, I'm sure we're going to see a lot in the technology department, uh, like Aaron was saying, with better better torque out of smaller motors, um, more lightweight batteries, but two super impressive bikes. Different still enough. There isn't a comparison. They're completely different animals. And you feel like they're both still warranted. Oh, yeah. Like, absolutely. You, like, would, you wouldn't take the um, Shuttle LT with the Fatsua motor? N- no. Not yet. Mm-mm. Yeah, I feel like they're both pretty pretty unique, pretty warranted, like you said, bikes that, that fill a category for sure. But like Jonas was saying, like, like to a, a, a kid or... Uh, once again, isn't super into all the technical stuff. We said, yeah, I'd take that LT as my only bike. Whereas he wouldn't. Or, yeah, sorry, SL. sorry. The SL. That's so confusing. Yeah. I would take the Fatsua lightweight e-bike as my only bike. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Like in a heartbeat. Yeah, sure. LT in your brain. That, that yeah, could that, be an abbreviation for light. Yeah, it would. But it's long travel. It's, yep. it's, I don't know. I, I don't want to fight them on their nomenclature, but I would have called it like the... the uh, I guess they wanted to differentiate with a switchblade or something. Yeah. And I would have called it the... HW. The, the Firebird-y. I mean, that's really what they are. The E-Bird. The E-Bird. The E-Bird. Yeah, yeah, well, that's and not. the E-Blade. E-Blade. <laughs> that yeah, that would be even more confusing. <laughs> yeah, that would. Um, so thank you again for, for tuning in. We had Aaron with uh, MTB Tune. We didn't have Nicole here today. She's less into the e-bike scene <laughs> yeah. uh, also thank Jonas who, who gave us a unique perspective and uh, we had a great time it was a great bike too yeah so until next time <laughs>